Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hi there, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you. i uh, got to move into the raw politics phase of this, but before I do, I actually want to go on and take a uh, this phone call uh, from Michael. And let me answer this question before we shift gears completely. Michael, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, you may have covered this in the first hour. I was listening, but I didn't hear it all. What is the bill of particulars? It would be my first question. I heard that something about that's when he's going to present this underlying crime. And my second question is, if you are charging with some somebody with something, especially as serious and as public as this is, don't you have to charge them with a specific something? And if you don't, did the Trump lawyers miss a, a chance to throw this out right away? Uh, no, okay, the great questions. So when you indict <laughs> someone, um, you, you you bring up the charges. So there are 34 charges. And those each of those charges, is they're all tied to an underlying crime. So you got falsification of documents. You've got um, overpayment of taxes. Uh, you've got uh, conspiracy, and there are all of these other things. And so these are the charges you'll be found guilty on, but they're all premised on Trump intending to or having committed an underlying foundational crime from which the charges evolve. And this is the problem. Normally, that a doesn't, don't they have to charge them that right? I'm sorry. Well, you know, so normally the prosecutor does charge you with the underlying crime or tells you what the underlying crime is, that perhaps it's also you intended to commit this crime, and these are the crimes you committed in the run-up to that crime. Um, so you, you get a, these 34 charges for violations of the law that were done on behalf of a future crime or a past crime. Uh, that's that's where they're they're attempting to go. The problem here, and where your and my and everyone else's confusion comes in, is that normally a prosecutor says what the underlying overarching crime was. Alvin Bragg chose not to do that. Um, out of the gate, he does not have to. If he's not going to charge Trump with the particular crime, he's just going to charge him with all the ancillary charges. He doesn't have to initially state. This is the foundational crime, but well, I am Trump confused. Team, <laughs> yes, yeah, because okay. I thought I thought that was what the premise was was the underlying crime. The other ones don't hold water if you don't have that particular crime. Exactly, is that that's the problem. However, you can allege Donald Trump was attempting another crime, and he didn't get to commit that crime. But along the way, he committed all of these other crimes trying to get to that one. So you don't have all of the elements met for the overarching crime yet. So let, let me just – I talked about fraud earlier. Let me talk about fraud again. So with fraud, you have elements. Uh, you have to make a public statement. You have to knowingly make that statement be false. You have to do it in order to deceive someone, and that person has to have reasonably relied on the statement to their detriment. So the prosecutor could say Donald Trump was attempting to commit fraud. He made a public statement. He knew it was false. He did it with the intent to deceive and then say, well, he didn't have anybody reasonably rely on it. 
so I can't charge him with this overarching crime. But along the way, here are all the other crimes he committed to get to that crime. I'm going to charge him with those and take that whole package to the jury. That's not what Alvin Bragg did, though. What Alvin Bragg did said is there is a crime. We're not going to tell you what the crime is. But Donald Trump did uh, committed all of these violations of New York business law in commission of this overarching crime that we're not going to tell you about. That's insane. I, I guess I guess that's my question. <clears throat> what you just said there, if, if I'm and I don't know much about this, but just a, a general question: if I'm a lawyer, <clears throat> I can't defend something that I don't know what it is. Exactly. And you are, and, and but but you have basically booked, for lack of I guess of a better word, my client on something that I don't know what it is. How I mean that's the part. So yes, aren't they withholding so, yeah, evidence okay. or not okay, okay. giving all the so, stuff? So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is where okay. the phrase "bill of particulars" comes in. The oh, okay. response <laughs> for the Trump's lawyers is to demand what's called a bill of particulars, and when a DA charges you says there's an underlying crime, but we're not going to tell you what it is. The Trump team asks for the bill of particulars. And that is charging you, and it, it is a document that says this is the underlying crime that we're tying all of these things to. You committed this violation and this violation and this violation, all 34 of these violations, about this underlying crime. And they have to tell yeah. you what the underlying crime is. And at that point, the Trump lawyers go to court and make a motion to dismiss everything, saying you can't charge these things because you can't even prosecute the underlying crime if it's campaign finance. If it's a future okay. lie to tax authorities, you can't charge these underlying crimes because that future lie is dependent on fraud and no one relied on your statement. So, yeah, so this is at a very early stage. That's why it's confusing. <laughs> when you first charge someone with these crimes, you don't have to state everything. You kind of hold your cards back. But before you well, get how to long, trial, you got to reveal everything. How long do they have before the, uh, the prosecution has to present this bill of particulars? Is there a particular time limit? Yeah, so the judges set the next hearing for December 6th. Uh, so they have to hand over all of the evidence to the defendants. Uh, the defendants get to review all of the evidence. The defendants get to make any requests directly to the DA they want to make. And if by December 6th the uh, prosecution has not handed over the bill of particulars, then they get to ask for it. Now, that's December 6th. You've got a long time to go. Nothing wow. exciting is going to happen along the way. But here's the catch. If you get to court and you've asked for the bill of particulars, they haven't given you the bill of particulars, if you want to get it in advance of the hearing December 6th, you can make a motion now, and the judge will inarguably grant you the motion. If you then get to December 6th and Alvin Bragg is still saying, well, it could be A or it could be B, the odds are the judge is going to tell him, get out. No way. You, you've got to pick one now. Um, you can't go from April to December and not have decided your theory of the of the overall case. Yeah, that's horrible preparation. I, I, he shouldn't be a lawyer if that's the case. Exactly. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and now, here's the thing: you got to understand in this in the campaign for the New York for New York DA, uh, the argument against Alvin Bragg was that he was not experienced enough 
did not have the depth of knowledge enough and would be in over his head. And that was the complaint. But he was funded by George Soros's Color of Change. They spent, uh, they promised a million dollars. I think they actually spent $400,000. They were able to get him elected in a crowded field, and he is out of his depth. Uh, your confusion, Michael, is everybody's confusion because what Alvin Bragg <laughs> literally did is say, we're not going to tell you what the underlying crimes are. Here's just all the violations of law that went into violating this, committing this crime that we're not going to tell you about. But all that collapses if he has no underlying crime or he can't make up his mind. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes. All of it collapses probably by December. Uh, he's going to have to pick. Now, Now this. let's take this one step forward. Let's say he says, all right, these crimes were done because Donald Trump was in the middle of a presidential campaign and he didn't want people to know about Stormy Daniels or Karen McDougal, and so he had to pay them to shut up so it wouldn't come out and hurt his campaign. Well, now there's a problem. Uh, New York law and New York judicial precedents say you can't prosecute someone in New York who's a federal candidate if the laws involved are federal crime or uh, federal campaign laws. So suddenly Alvin Bragg doesn't have a case. Wow. <clears throat> Sounds like he really messed up. I, uh, do I have time for one more question yep, that I heard ahead. yesterday? <clears throat> sure. Um, now, now, this is going to be a strange question, but but please bear with me here. Um, so I heard somebody, and it was a, a I think it was a local lawyer <clears throat> that who had, had practiced in Manhattan, and he says, that adultery is is still a crime up there. So here's my question: If if Bragg had gone at this at an angle of adultery, would he have had a winnable case? No. Um, and, and so here's why: uh, adultery right. is actually against the law in most of the fifty states, but it's considered right. an unenforceable law at this point. Um, oh, so, so it's still on the so books. So he could have brought it, but it wouldn't have worked. Okay. Yeah, he could have okay. brought it, but it wouldn't have worked. Um, half the New York judicial system would have had to go to jail too, probably. Uh, <laughs> well, did, that's true. But, well, I, but yeah. I, I can, I can figure out. You know, he he couldn't not deny it because obviously it happened, and the prenup thing. I think that's her her only out. So I thought, well, maybe he was going to do that, but he can't change his indictment. I mean, once he's obviously he's presented something to the judge that has this in it, so that's what he has to stick with? Or yeah, he, he could arguably he could recharge Donald Trump if, say, they get in and he uncovers new evidence, but that's very unlikely uh, that you would okay. somehow uncover new evidence at this point and try to recharge Trump. Um, I just, I, I will really actually be surprised if the judge doesn't ultimately dismiss the case, because if you can't prosecute the underlying crime— you can't prosecute the ancillary crimes related to it. Wow, what what a mess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, thank you very much. You, you you did a very good job of explaining that to me because uh, I'm i not as confused, still a little bit, but not as confused <laughs> well, as I was when I called. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I, I your confusion is totally justified. Everybody is. I mean, you got Andrew McCabe, not exactly a Trump fan, looking at this saying, I don't understand how he's going to be able to do this. Um, it's It's the Democrats out there today. The fair-minded ones are as befuddled as you and me. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, you. Absolutely. And I, I do enjoy the program. Thanks very much, Michael. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, this was the Michael hour. <laughs> I'm glad. I look. I'm glad we had the time. I'm glad I took the call early. Uh, in fact, what I want to do is go on and, and take the time out now here, uh, so that we can come back and shift gears and move on from this. But in, in all seriousness, if you got questions, I will do my best to answer them. 
Uh, I was a, I, I don't practice law anymore. I still have my bar license. I did criminal law. Well, not the best criminal lawyer, but I know the basics. I can answer this. And this is why I am befuddled here is I know the basics and this case doesn't pass muster with the basics. And that's why so many Democrat progressive lawyers are somewhat despondent today as they're looking at this saying this is actually terribly put together. And because it's so terribly put together, they're afraid this actually will help Donald Trump by making him look like the victim. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Oh, gosh, I'm glad I got this phone call on this topic. Uh, Good calls today. Amber, I want to go to you. Welcome. I had this in the stack of stuff and didn't get to it. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you for accepting my call. And Loti. So I'm, I actually needed him to help me with this question because I wasn't sure how to ask it correctly. But what is your thought on all of these countries moving away from the U.S. dollar as it being the reserve, if I'm asking yes. that correctly? Yes. Great, great what question. What is all of your information on that and what okay. you think we should do about that? Sure. So um, let, let me let me step back and explain this one in more in depth to people. So the United States is considered the world's reserve currency. That is when most uh, trades are done between foreign countries, they trade in U.S. dollars. Uh, not only do they trade in U.S. dollars, but when they put money in their accounts to save it, they put U.S. dollars in their accounts because of the stability of the U.S. dollar. The result of all of this is that we get more favorable exchange rates around the world, so it's easier to and less expensive to convert American money around the world. Uh, The American dollar tends to hold its value and be more stable than any other country in the world. And the United States dollar is accepted on every country in the planet. You can take a dollar bill anywhere in the world, and it can be traded uh, immediately without having to convert it to anything else. Because China wants to undermine the United States, and now Joe Biden has made the Saudis mad, uh, they're now going to trade gas and oil directly without having to go through the U.S. dollar. Brazil is going to do the same. Now India is announcing it's not going to use the U.S. as its currency exchange. The result will be that the exchange rate for the U.S. dollar will become more expensive. That means it will become more expensive for us to buy things from abroad, which will keep inflation high. So, for example, uh, the iPhone is made in China. There's a currency exchange rate there to convert from the Chinese currency to the American currency. That exchange rate will go up. That will essentially add a tax to the cost of your iPhone, but not just the iPhone. Think about everything else made in China. It also means that around the world, uh, wherever you travel, it will be more expensive to use the dollar. It will cost you more to use the dollar. Uh, What it also means is that as this expands around the world and China is able to get more countries to do this, the swings in the price of a dollar around the world will go up. Now, that doesn't affect you and me domestically per se. But right now, for example, it is really cheap to go to Europe. The dollar is uh, very high. Uh, The European currency is a low rate. The dollar is so high because so many countries turn to it as a reserve currency. As that goes away, uh, then it becomes more and more expensive for Americans to travel abroad. It becomes more expensive for Americans to do business abroad. It becomes more expensive 
for Americans to trade with other countries. All of these things happen because uh, there are competing currencies in the world with which people can trade, which means there's less scarcity of tradable currency, which means there's more competition, which means there's lower prices. And those lower prices help China and hurt us. China is essentially doing a backdoor effort to destabilize our economy and keep inflation high in this country. Uh, You know one of the ways to fight this? Raise interest rates. What happens there? Makes our money even more expensive. What happens there? Your cost of getting a car loan or a mortgage become even more expensive. All of these things were foreseeable and predictable, and China was very open it was going to do these things. But the Biden administration thought it was better to alienate the Saudis over the Jamal Khashoggi killing than just suck it up and realize that the Saudis had some leverage over us. By the way, I was getting gas before I came to the studio today, and I noticed the price of gas is up. The price of regular unleaded at the pump I was at was about $3.40, and uh, Supreme unleaded was over $4 again. And yeah, uh, that's, that's not good. That's kind of a problem, and our costs are going to go back up. The Fed was hoping that they could get rid of the inflation issue by driving up interest rates, and they're probably going to have to drive them up even further because of these situations. And that, my friends, has a deleterious effect on the economy overall. So, Amber, thank you for the question. I had that in the stack of stuff yesterday, and with the Trump indictment, could not get to it. Uh, Now, uh, I will take more of your calls when we come back, and then also... What does what Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Mike Pence and the rest of them, what do they do in this situation with Trump so dominant right now in the conversation again? I got answers. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here looking at the gorgeous day at Augusta National, the Par 3 tournament, all the kids out there, the azaleas in bloom. I really want to be there. I'll be there Saturday when it's pouring down rain. Okay. I got people on call. I've been enjoying the calls today, by the way. Thank you all for that. Um, Enjoy answering your questions. I do the best I can. Uh, Make it up when I don't know the answer. (laughs) I lie. I I actually sit here and Google so I can tell you what smart people say. Uh, The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, let's see if I can actually get this mouse across and over and go to Brian. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hi, Eric. Good afternoon, sir. I hope your wife and you are doing well, sir. Thank you. We my are. Quest- Fantastic. My my question is, Anheuser-Busch is a global brand. Um, their PR firm recently supported Dylan Mulvaney, a trans influencer. Some of us look at the go woke, go broke type of mindset. Um, could you give us in... What are your thoughts on that? Um, (laughs) There have been other companies in the past that maybe have not felt the impact of hashtag go woke, go broke. What's your thoughts on that? Okay, I got to tell you, um, I I would love to have been in the marketing meeting between the outside marketing (laughs) agency and the internal people, I mean, can you just imagine the guys from L.A. came in and, and sat down in St. Louis with the Anheuser-Busch marketing team and says, guys, 
We, we, we have a great idea. Uh, like we, we want your, your, your urine that identifies as beer to, to have a man who identifies as a woman and there's synchronicity in the process there. Trans beer uses trans woman and it'll just be brilliant guys. And I just, I got to imagine the, the guys in St. Louis were, I, I don't even know. I, I can't imagine that this even, there was even a meeting in St. Louis. Someone somewhere had to have done this. Can you imagine uh, 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 the, the Anheuser-Busch family? Uh, what is his name? Adolphus Bush or whatever? Going along, like, you, mm-hmm. you want our beer to be branded what? Do you know who well, the constituency I, is? I look at... The St. Louis Cardinals, that's Anheuser-Busch Stadium. I look at Kevin Harvick, one of the greatest NASCAR racers, and he, you know, Bush Light is one of his strongest supporters. And NASCAR is a huge, you know, that, that base, you and I both know, whether it's at Talladega Motor Speedway, Bristol, Charlotte, wherever, you know, they're drinking beer. And these are um, conservative, yes, God-loving. So th- there's American- actually a survey the other day, Brian, that uh, Bush Light and Bush uh, and Natty Light, but Bush in particular, you're most likely to be a uh, non-college educated conservative voter if you drink Bush or Bush Light <laughs> or Natty Light. That's that's their description. If you are a college educated uh, progressive, by the way, you're most likely to drink an IPA. Miller Light is like right in the center. Everybody likes it because it's way better than Bud Light's just gross. I mean, y'all, Bud Light is gross. Bud Light is alcohol flavored water that is just not good. M- Miller Light, at least, has the best alcohol to calorie ratio among light beers in America. You can drink it and don't feel it, Coors and it tastes Light. better. The yeah, Coors Light is awesome don't, too. Don't yeah. Uh-huh. Coors Light is fantastic. I got Miller Light and Coors Light in my refrigerator, like one door down in my office. I don't have Bud Light. It's trash beer, but it's the trash beer of people who just want to drink beer and have a good afternoon, and they don't want to worry about the woke politics of of this this guy. And here's the other thing, Brian. This is the thing that gets me. Like, oh, you just you, you hit the button here, Brian. This is your fault here. Um, this guy, Dylan Mulvaney, is not a trans woman. He is a caricature of a woman. He, when you watch his shtick, he's not living the life of a woman. He's living the life of a bad, misogynistic caricature of a woman in the bright pinks, in, in the, the flamboyant outfits, in, in the la-di-di, all of it. He's not living the life of a woman just doing the grind. No, he's doing a stage performance of what he thinks it must be like to be a woman, and they're treating him seriously. I don't know how the hell people at Anheuser-Busch thought this was a good idea. Maybe it must be the European South African super conglomerate or whatever it is that owns him who comes in and says, guys, we're going to expand to a new constituency today. And no one was allowed to argue with them back on this. I mean, how does this happen? Now, what they're, I suspect we're calculating is that no one's ever going to know. Our trans beer hires a trans woman to transition our constituency from good old boys in the South and college kids up north shotgun and beer 
to the trans community, which is a vastly smaller constituency. You're talking less than 1% of America, and you're going to alienate everybody else with this? And I realize there will be people who say, why does it matter to you? Well, it matters because it's not truth. It matters because not only is it premise of a lie, but you're promoting someone who isn't living authentically as a woman who has not transitioned to be a woman, but has transitioned to be some sort of media icon doing a poor performance of a stereotype of a woman. Oh, surprise, I'm not a woman, but you know who is? My wife. This is what galls me about this, in all honesty. This guy will never know what it's like to have a period. We'll never know what it's like to have endometriosis. We'll never know what it's like to have ovarian cysts. We'll never know what it's like to have breast cancer. We'll never know what it's like to go through menopause. We'll never know what it's like to give birth. We'll never know what it's like to actually live the actual life of an actual woman anywhere on planet Earth. And we're supposed to celebrate him by putting on pink, Outfits and growing his hair out long and effeminizing his art is is his voice and and painting his fingernails and taking bubble baths and oh this is what it's like to be no the hell it's not and Bud Light and Kamala Harris and and the media they oh he's been a woman for three hundred sixty five days no he hasn't he hasn't had a period in that time he hasn't had to worry about birth control in that time. The only reason we're taking this seriously is because he's a white man. That's what infuriates me about this. That's what it, 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 this guy in particular, because when you watch his shtick, take all the other trans women out there. Take take Kate Caitlyn Jenner. She's just trying to live the life of a woman. She'll never be one, but she's trying to live the life of a woman. She has bad days. There are days she doesn't put her makeup on. I say she when I should say he. He gets it. Caitlyn Jenner gets it. Even what's his name? The 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 surgeon, the assistant secretary of health and human services gets it. Rachel Levine. But this guy doesn't get it. He's doing a stage act of the the embodiment of male stereotypes of women from the 1960s and how he dresses. And we want to celebrate that. Every woman I know has in some way busted her ass to get where she is, whether it is uh, in the home, raising a family like my wife, or at work, working through the trenches in a world that in, in many careers actually has been dominated by men and they're fighting to just be an equal with the rest of them. And along comes this guy who does a stage impression of a woman dressing up like a woman, having facial reconstruction surgery to look more feminine. And we're supposed to pat him on the back for his grand successes of being a white dude who got attention already as some sort of actor doing some shtick to pretend to be a woman, elevating himself in the grand pantheon of women who aren't actually women when the real women are out there just trying to get ahead in life, take care of their family, and make a living. You should be offended by that, and it's just madness to me that progressives aren't. After all of this work of trying to fight for equality for women, now the most equal women out there are the white men who've decided they're women, and we're all supposed to cheer them on 
and Bud Light puts a beer out. You know, Bud Light, you want a you want a a, a a real beer? What is your real men of whatever beer? Do one for the real women out there who are at home raising their five kids while their husband's gone all the time for work. Do one about my wife who had to have a mastectomy when she was 25 years old because of the breast cancer history in her family. And then she wound up getting an incurable form of lung cancer. She rides a Harley and she does strongman competitions and three gun competitions. And she's raising the family while her husband's traveling all the time, trying to make sure she doesn't have to go to work and take care of her health. Why don't you do one about a woman like that who stays home and she quilts and she makes, she, she makes clothes for the kids. She does all the stuff with the kids. She's involved in school. Why don't you do one about the women who go to work every day who have to go to the work force and then still go home and do the laundry and and take care of the kids and make sure their husband who just wants to go watch the masters is engaged with the kids and helping do homework why don't you do one like that but you don't do one like that you do one about the guy who decided to have reconstructive surgery so he looks more feminine and goes to the white house for all sorts of praise who hasn't had to put in the work of being a real woman ever yeah it does make me mad be angry, but do not sin. It does actually make me mad that a man, a white man, can spend the money to have the surgeries and buy the outfits and pretend to be a woman for 365 days a year and get some sort of celebrity endorsement from Bud Light and a congratulatory letter from Kamala Harris for being a woman for 365 days. Where the hell is the letter to my wife to congratulate her for being a 40-something-year-old woman who's raised her family and battled lung cancer? Where is it for my friends who are in the workforce? Where is it for my sister who helps make ends meet for her family by driving a school bus in the morning and the afternoon, putting up with the crap from the kids in the public schools all day? Where is it for the rest of the women in America who don't get the attention, don't get the celebrity, don't get the fame, don't get the applause, don't get the letters from the vice president, and don't get the celebrity beer can from Bud Light because they've been a woman the whole time? That crap should make you mad. All right, Brian, this was all your fault. Now i got to go to Ron. Ron, sorry for my tirade holding you up. Welcome. That's okay, Eric. I'm glad I got on your show. Great. <laughs> What's going my, on? My question is, my question is uh, Stormy Daniels had to pay pr- former President Trump over $500,000 in legal fees. How is that impacting the uh, New York indictment case? Okay, um, so it, it, it's not, and, and Ron, the reason it's not is because the, the lawsuit was unrelated. So Stormy Daniels sued Donald Trump for defamation. She claimed that uh, men in a parking garage harassed her or, or put her life in danger or something for her claims about her affair with Trump. And Trump said it was a total con job. Her, her, It never happened. It was a total con job. Not the affair issue, but her statement about men in the parking garage putting her life in danger, harassing her. And so she sued him for defamation, and Trump won that lawsuit. A judge said it was clearly Trump mouthing off his opinion, which he has a right to do. So it's actually unrelated from whether or not they actually had a sexual relationship. It's related to the statements she made and her suing him for defamation for his response to it. That's it. Good question, though. I've gotten that from a lot of people. Now, my turn... Lower my blood pressure. Brian, it's all your fault. Tell you about Advantage Gold. 800-450-2566 is their number. Uh, given the stock market situation right now, hypervolatility out there in the stock market, you got the exchange rate now with, with uh, the dollar and, and the reserve currency and all that. 
People are looking at precious metals, gold and silver in particular. Some people do platinum. If you're interested in any of them, reach out to Advantage Gold. They can help you. There are rules if you want to use precious metals in your IRA or your 401k, or not. there aren't rules for general investment, but for those there are. But Advantage Gold can answer all those questions at 800-450-2566. They can also give you a free gold IRA investment kit. Here's the thing about them. They're TrustLink's number one highest rated uh, gold company, seven years in a row. They've got fantastic prices, a great IRA department, and most importantly, they're not a gimmicky company. In fact, their gimmick is to not have gimmicks. You call Advantage Gold at 800-450-2566. Give them your questions. Throw your curveballs at them on using gold and silver. They'll be able to answer your questions. They'll be able to provide you information, and they actually think if they're not a gimmicky company and they just play it straight with you, you'll do business with them. That's why I like them. 800-450-2566. They're straight shooters, Advantage Gold. Reach out to them today. See if you can do business with them. Breaking news, Mike Pence has announced he will not appeal a judge's order telling him to testify before Jack Smith, the independent counsel investigating Donald Trump. Uh, And the January 6th stuff, he had had gone to court to get a ruling that he didn't have to testify. The judge said he did, but restricted the information that he could, that Pence could be asked about. And so Pence has decided as of about 10 minutes ago, he will not uh, file an appeal of that and will cooperate now with the investigation now that it's limited in scope. All right, one more call here. Trevor, you're going to be the last caller today. Welcome. Don't screw up. You're the last caller. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I was calling, uh, listening to your tirade earlier, and I just wanted to say celebrate your wife and, you know, I pray for her. You know, we've had a similar situation. My wife, she unfortunately battle cancer you know for a long time she lost her battle but mm. it's a very similar situation to yours and i pray for your wife thank you i so much. called today because um i wanted to encourage you if possible to use the song um i've just seen jesus by donald um Lono harris and sandy patty i think it would be a very fitting song for you know your good friday service um, oh, know, man. Okay. I, I will tell you. Uh, so the music already got locked in um, oh. as of last night, but uh, I'm going to add the, I already have started compiling next year's list because I dropped the ball mm-hmm. so bad this year. Oh. Uh, so okay. I will make sure it is. I promise you uh, we will we will get this put in there, uh, but you mm-hmm. may have to wait until next Good Friday to get it, but I'll make it happen. <laughs> okay. I yes. like Sandy Patty. Man, what a voice. My goodness if you, gracious. If you've heard that song, you, you can catch it on YouTube on, on the Gaither Hour. It is a, is a very moving song, and they do a, they do, the rendition they do is just, it's just awesome. Well, I will find it. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. Um, you know, so I, I this year has been such a whirlwind. In all honesty, I generally start planning the Good Friday show, reaching out to people for interviews, uh, to lock stuff in uh, when Lent starts. And this year it has been such a whirlwind uh, between growing the show and syndication and planning for the gathering in August and stuff. I just, I totally dropped the ball and was up until 1230 this morning uh, at the office. Uh, didn't get home until close to one o'clock, putting everything together, had to do interviews last night with people to make it happen. Um, so there's this this Catholic priest in Little Rock, Arkansas, his name is Stephen Gadbury. We follow each other on Instagram, and he's just a super guy. And I've had a number of listeners over the years say, you've done this for 12 years. You have never, you've had Methodists, you've had Baptists, you've had Presbyterians, uh, had a Greek Orthodox one time. Uh, why haven't you had any any Catholics? It's like, you know, I, I, it's, I don't set out to 
go denominationally. I just pick people I want to talk to. And I've been wanting to talk to this guy anyway, so finally, we don't really know each other. And I finally reached out to him. was like, listen, will you come on? We won't talk CrossFit and burpees. You'll cuss on air, and you can't do that. But could we, like, talk about faith? And so he did. And just as nice as he could be, great conversation. Uh, you'll hear our conversation on Friday. I'll have my friend Jason Dees with me as well. He is the pastor of Christ Covenant in Atlanta, Georgia. It is one of the few actual um, Bible-believing inerrant word of God believing churches inside the perimeter in Atlanta. It's the thriving church, massive amount of people under 30 years old in this church. Um, just really, really a great guy. Got me in a, in a, a accountability group as well. He's just a good guy. And then Tim Keller. Um, in fact, one of the problems that, that stretched out last night is I did my conversation with Tim Keller last year, did not want to bother him again this year, but then I forgot how long the conversation was and it just messed everything up having to piece things together and, then I'll be here some on Friday for you guys as well, and not just pre-recorded stuff. We, we want a fresh Good Friday show for you with great new music as well. We'll see you tomorrow.